today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Let's bring in Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture guru. Alyssa PR, she is with us now. Alyssa, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. I am. I hope you're doing well too, Scott. So, uh, thank you. I am. Um, what would you give the Doug Ford government on its communication strategy? <laughs> and you know, it's so funny and, because I wanted to talk to a client of mine and say, can we start grading governments, which, which they would never do, which they would never do. However, the fact that you asked me gives me the opportunity to say F. <laughs> I would agree with you. And we're having this discussion. Like, it amazes me how uh, most conservative parties will sit back and let whoever else dictate the narrative. What happens with uh, the issue I'm talking about now is freezers, including the hashtag check the freezer, Doug. Uh, we had before the holiday, we had the mayor of Hamilton on a quote. We had the head of the emergency table here in Hamilton, an academic, a medical academic and uh, Ian Lee, business professor at Carleton University, and all said the same thing. There are no vaccines in freezers. We use the analogy of a grocery store shop. You might go on Saturday. So on Saturday night, on Sunday, your uh, fridge is full. By the time uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday rolls around, the fridge is empty because, of course, that food is spoken for. And then it, just like with groceries, the vaccines arrive every week, every two weeks, and every three weeks at times. So it seems, and I had an academic on today, a doctor who said to me today, Alyssa, I've just heard from friends that there's thousands of vaccines sitting in a freezers right now. Well, that's because the shipment just came in over the holiday weekend and it will sit there and they will be used to fill the appointments of those that have already booked. So why is it impossible to get that message out? You know, first of all, I think you have to dial back a bit, uh, Scott, and let's talk about the efficacy of the government in this situation. So who takes off a long weekend when we're in the middle of what we could say like a wartime effort? Who? Is well, let me, let, let me interrupt there because, again, um, I, I, you know, uh, the Wonderland uh, facility was closed over the long weekend due to a lack of supply. Uh, again, the mayor and the head of the emergency table here said, we've got more clinics we can open. We don't have supply. Rosedale Arena was supposed to open for the long weekend, not enough supply to have those running efficiently. So that's what I heard. That's what I'm hearing is that, you know, all of these facilities are set up, but they're running nowhere near capacity because until this weekend, uh, a mass shipment of this size has not arrived. So uh, I don't know. Again, I think I think we're looking at, you know, and instead instead we're instead we're sitting here debating who gets the vaccine next. Should it be teachers? Should it be those in the front line? Should it be those in the hot spots? We don't have those discussions, Alyssa, if there is supply. You know what I mean by, you know, why are people taking the weekend off and you hear nothing on, on Sunday evening on the news? I saw Mayor Bonnie Crombie going out there and saying, this is crazy. We need to start. What would I do? I would have uh, mobile units going to the factories, going to the large warehouses where we know the hotspots are. I would be doing this. Where, where was Doug Ford? Oh, I know. I think he was having Easter dinner somewhere. So that's what I mean, Scott. People are treating this like a regular business calendar year, whereas honestly, there are no days off. And because of that, the other, um, uh, other information begins to fill the void. 
such as there's a ton of vaccines in freezers, and that's why, and why isn't anybody using them? Well, there's nobody around to dispel that myth. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is that people are finding out information about vaccines from their friends. So if you are lucky yeah. enough to be in a chat group like I am with a group of women who are very in tune, every day I get a new notice about which postal code where, for which age group, can you get a vaccine. Every single day. But what if you're not plugged in? Then you are at the mercy of the messaging for the government. This is not going to be organic to find out who can go when. So I just got a, uh, a note uh, in my chat group that says in York region, and it named all the postal codes, between the ages of 45 and 59, which is a big jump in age range, okay? 45 to 59, and you have these postal codes. Moderna is available on these days. Book an appointment. So that's how I'm finding out information. Other than that, how do you know? How do you know? I was telling people that I work with colleagues of mine that, you know, I went in the first wave of AstraZeneca. I didn't have a problem taking it. Let's just put that out there. I was given a number of links to Rexall and a couple of local compounding pharmacies, and I made appointments on all of them. And within 24 hours or less, I had confirmation of appointments. But I got that from somebody. And then I thought, well, who else needs to know this? So if I was talking to somebody like the lady who's slicing my turkey at the deli or my accountant, I was giving these links out like crazy and people were making their own appointments. But Scott, that's not the way to do this. Yeah. And how are we going to remedy that? Well, we're just not. And then I hear in Britain, you know, Boris Johnson is now saying, well, we're all on top of the contact tracing, meaning that they weren't just like we are. So... They're on top of the contact tracing now that they are slowly opening up, whereas I think that we have just started tracking people who are coming back into the country. I have heard anecdotally that the RCMP is now showing up at people's houses who have traveled and making sure that they don't step one foot outside their door. And I hear that this is happening, you know, by surprise constantly. So I'm happy that that's going on, and I'm happy that that system is rolling. What I'm not happy is that the whole test, trace, and isolate, what you know, organizations like the Canadian Medical Association mm. have been uh, touting uh, since the beginning, since March 2020, still, to me, if you want to grade that, I'd give that another F. All right, Alyssa, we got to cut it off there. We're plumb out of time. Alyssa Freeman with us, PR and pop culture expert. Alyssa PR, as always, Alyssa, thanks for the time. Be well. Okay, Scott, it took up all your airtime there. No, that's perfect. We'll get back to you. Don't worry. (laughs) You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. All right. uh, It's it's quite a contrast to uh, just like six months ago, sit up here and look at the United States and think, oh, my goodness. I remember watching the news down there and thinking these people are six months behind us. Now, of course, you watch the news down there and they are six months ahead of us. Uh, the president declaring by July 4th that you'll be able to have family barbecues. Uh, the Center for Disease Control saying that if you've had both both your shots, you can now travel. Uh, and, of course, the big baseball game down in Texas the other day uh, with a full stadium full of fans. <laughs> Let's bring in. So, you know, once it, we were, like, snubbing our noses at the Americans and keeping our border closed because we don't want them contaminated Americans up here, now it's the other way around. 
Uh, it's the Canadians that are contaminated, and they don't want us down there until we get our act together, which is why they're shipping more vaccine up here to get the borders open as quickly as they possibly can. Scott Radley with us, host of the Scott Radley Show, sports columnist for your Hamilton Spectator. He is with us now. Scott, thanks for the time. Hope you're well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, what the heck? Uh, your thoughts when you saw the shots of uh, the Jays and Texas Rangers game, and man, there was a lot of people there. It was sold out. Yeah, 38,000 people. My thoughts were um, we are going to find out in about a week yeah. if uh, if we're way overreacting or if they're way underreacting. Uh, because, you know, if Dallas-Fort Worth doesn't show any kind of spike or increase a week or two from now, I think an awful lot of people are going to say, well, wait a second. That was, what we, that was a super spreader event and nothing happened. What are we doing here? On the Vaccinating. On the flip side, if they suddenly see their numbers go through the roof because everybody who was there is now with their family and, you know, everyone's going to say, well, time to lock everything down for a little longer because this is clearly we're still not ready for this. And and as you just said in the intro, they down in the States have had an awful lot more shots than we have. So I think there's an awful lot of experts and epidemiologists and just general people who are going to be looking at those Dallas-Fort Worth numbers very, very, very closely for the next week or so. Yeah, it's uh, obviously we remember uh, the Texas governor, uh, I guess, uh, declaring that there was no need for a mandatory masking uh, law anymore uh, because the vaccines had started at such a rapid pace. Yeah, we don't uh, you didn't need to be vaccinated to get into the game. Did you? Did you have to show proof of that? No, but you were they said you were supposed to wear a mask. um, And the problem with that, and I mean, look, it, it was predictable. You look at the pictures, many, many, many people not wearing masks. You put mm. almost 40,000 people into a stadium. How, how much staff do you have to go around yeah. and be telling everybody, put on your mask, put on your mask? I mean, it's it's, it's not realistic that they're going to be able to do that. So, again, I mean, I look at this as hopefully, hopefully, I mean, what we don't ever, it doesn't matter where it is, we're not hoping bad things on anybody. Uh, but I'm looking at this as a real petri dish science experiment of where things are, and I think truly, I think that if if the numbers go way up, uh, an awful lot of people are going to say we got to like pull back even further. But the bigger question, Scott, is going to be if those numbers don't really change, are the experts going to be able to still convince a lot of people who are already skeptical or out on the fence that? It's what we need to have all these lockdowns. If you can put 40,000 people in a small, and it is like as a small area, if you can jam them all in there and nothing changes, why are we not having patios open? Why are we not having this? Why are we not having that? Well, let, let's be honest here. Yeah, but the, the reason is, Scott, is they're mass vaccinating in Texas. So as soon as they started oh. mass vaccinating, they decided they were going to relax the rules. The question Agreed. is, Agreed. the question isn't whether we, we can do it or they can do it. The question is, is there enough people vaccinated there or did they jump the gun too early? But, you know, at, at the end of the day, the, the debate won't be whether, uh, you know, we can do this anywhere. The debate will be whether they reacted too early. And, and stop the, the protocol before the vaccines actually took hold. Fair enough. No, no, you're absolutely right. But my, my point is you do have people who have already questioned a lot of the more stringent lockdowns. And we do have people up here who have had at least one vaccine. Not everyone in Texas has got this. So my point is simply going to be it becomes a more complicated argument if nothing changes. Because there are people who are already saying the steps here are too severe 
we don't need to go as far as we're going. And look, not everyone there had the vaccine. But, but as I say, there is also the counter to that. And you could end up seeing huge spikes in the numbers, in which case you could have everyone saying, well, wait a second, we got to really lock everything down now. Because look what just happened. There's your Petri dish. There's your science experiment. That could happen here. Yeah, and again, I, I think this is an issue of, uh, you know, they saw mass vaccination starting, so they've, they've let their guard down. Uh, and if there are a ton of infections in that Petri dish, um, it, it will be because not enough of those people there were vaccinated. Uh, if there is no outbreak, I, I don't think you can decide from that. See, it doesn't spread. <laughs> I think, no, I think that, that, dis- that discussion's already been had. No, but I think, you. so Scott, you're also going to then see, I think, an awful lot of other sports organizations saying, in the States even, uh, okay, wait a second, we're losing a lot of money here by not having people in the stands. If it didn't do anything bad in Texas, should we be upping the number of people we can have in our stadiums? I would say the answer to that question is yes, as you vaccinate more people. And again, they're not stopping vaccinating. They're only increasing more and more and more every day. So even what happens in Texas, there's going to be a less chance of that the next following week, simply because there'll be more people vaccinated. So, uh, you know, I would say that, yeah, there will be more of this because more and more people will be vaccinated. Again, I I think the question will be, did they jump the gun and drop their, I think the debate will be, did they drop the protocol too soon before the vaccines actually took hold? And we will, you know, if, if, if the numbers hold as we believe that, you know, it's like a two week period, we will know the answer to that. I would think pretty clearly within two weeks. It's amazing how the roles have reversed. Like, you know, Canada, Canadians used to sit up here and just smugly look at those stupid Americans down there. They just can't do anything. And, you know, they, they just don't get the science. And they've turned it around on a dime, and now it's us that are stuck in the middle of the pack. No one gets left behind because no one moves ahead. It is a, it is a fascinating, um, you know, look, I... We, we like to, at times, uh, look down at the Americans and giggle and laugh at some of their foibles and stuff. Um, you know, and then there's times when that's well justified. Uh, but there's also times when uh, maybe that sort of self-pious uh, position that we have doesn't look so good with what you just said, where, you know, they, they definitely had their issues, but they are definitely way ahead of us in this now. And, you know, it's... Um, we just got to we just got to get this thing moving along because Scott. The other point is whether Texas did this at the baseball game or not. You know, and I know, and everyone listening knows that I think we are. Once the really nice weather comes, we are going to have a tougher and tougher and tougher time convincing people not to do stuff together. We've been through a summer where we had to pull yeah. back. Went through the winter. If we can't get this pulled together reasonably soon. You know, even if Texas becomes, even if that game becomes a super spreader event, we are going to have a much more difficult time in this country, in this province, telling people, oh, stay at home by yourself and ignore people for another month or two or five or six or eight. People do have a limit. And I'm, well, I'm not arguing against COVID or against vaccines or against anything. There is, I believe, a point at which people are finally going to say, enough, enough. So, so which, which, you know, the point is, We've got to get these vaccines going. We've got to do it quickly because we're going to reach that point. If we haven't had the vaccines by then, we're going to have bigger problems. 
And Canada is moving up the list. I mean, we were between 50th, around 50th at one time. Now we're uh, sitting around 40th. But if you look at the stats, the reason why we have forged ahead in the last week or two is because we've stopped giving second doses for four months, which no other country has done. So if you look at all the other comparisons, oh, yeah, we're ahead of a lot of Europe now, which we are. And, and you know, they're upset because they're watching their vaccine go out the door to the highest bidder like like Canada, as opposed to vaccinating their own citizens. But even if you look at the numbers, uh, they vaccinated way more with the second shot than what we have. So we've made this last couple of weeks surge up that ranking, but we've done that by going in and, and rationing the second dose. And I and you and I just are hoping, and I know you would say the same thing, because this is not what was suggested for this vaccine, I am just hoping that we're not going to find out down the road yeah. by stretching it out over four months that the first one, now we need to have a third dose or something because, oh, wait, you know, it didn't really take because you left it too long. We don't yeah. it's such a new vaccine. We don't really know yet. We don't really know yet. And so, you know, I, I'm just really hoping that this move that is being done is not just going to create a new set of problems. Trusting, crossing my fingers, saying that, you know, nobody wants that stuff to deal with, but my goodness, what a complete mess. If it turns out in six months, we all learn, oh, you know what? It didn't really take because there was too long between. I, I don't expect that, I, but I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a, you know, I, yeah. at a certain point, you have to give some trust to somebody somehow to say, surely they've done some kind of thinking on this. And, you know, you just hope that they have. Scott Radley's been with us, host of the Scott Radley Show and sports columnist for your Hamilton Spectator. Scott, as always, thanks so much for the time. Be well. You too, Scott. Take care. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.